Welcome to episode 31 of Creative Ups. I'm your host, Christopher Talon. This week, my guest was Liz Delacroce, food blogger, entrepreneur, internet and TV personality, and founder of The Lemon Bowl, where you can find her blog, her recipes, and all the other links to her things. Before we get into that, let me tell you about the friends of the show just real quick. Rivertown Adventures in Lansing, Michigan is the most fun you're going to have outdoors. Go to www.rivertownadventures.com and find out more. Live free, go paddle, Rivertown Adventures. Baby Farm Soaps out of Kentucky is the best soap on the planet. All organic, made with love, and they've got products for everything. Guys, girls, kids, and everybody in between. Check them out on Facebook, Baby Farm Soaps. If you're in need of some good seeds, check out the highly motivated crew at Fresh Coast Seed Co. They're on Instagram, Fresh Coast Seed Co., the best in the business. They've got the hardware to prove it. Check them out. And last but not least, Hey Guys Media Group. I work there. They've got a bunch of good podcasts. You should check it out. HeyGuysMediaGroup.com. They can help you make your podcast. All right, so Liz Delacroce. I'm going to read this right off of her website, TheLemonBowl.com. Liz has appeared live on the Today Show, tapes regular cooking segments for her local NBC and ABC affiliates, and her recipes and food photography have been featured in various publications, including the cover of Women's World Magazine, Good Housekeeping Magazine, Shape Magazine, Real Simple, Cosmopolitan, Food Network Blog, Huffington Post, Today Food, Taste Spotting, Food Gawker, and The Cooking Channel. And we were fortunate enough to get her in the studio. Actually, it's the studio that she normally does her podcast out of. It's the Attic Studios in Grand Rapids, home to the inimitable A Talk in the Attic with Kirk Ross. Thanks to Kirk for letting me use his space and his stuff. <laughs> and uh, helping us get this set up. And thanks to Liz for coming on. And now we enjoy this interview with Liz Delacroce. And everybody told me that I had the weirdest way of prepping for things. Like... Oh, no, I think that's amazing. This doesn't look like much, but to me, that's no, like... No, I think that's amazing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I love that you prep. Yeah, and I... But it's a weird prep. It's not like I know exactly what I'm going to say. It's mm -hmm. just like... No, talking Maybe points. we could talk we about this. We call them talking points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I like, to, I like to write down some yeah, bullets or something like it. that. Um, ooh, the first thing I want to actually talk to you about, though, like now that we're started. You have two boys. I have two girls and then two boys in that order. Okay. My boys are insane. Like, I might not notice it if it wasn't for the girls, but, like, they're they're insane. Are yeah. your boys insane? Oh, yeah, but I don't have the girls to compare it to, except for when I go into the classroom and I realize, oh, how nice it is to have daughters that sit still and craft. <laughs> yeah. Um, my boys, let's see, now they're, Liam's going to be eight. Yeah, eight, and then his brother just turned six. And uh, I don't know, they don't, like, beat each other up. Oh, no, it's but they'll, fighting like, and punching. headlocks and, like bend his arm just to make him be like ah but it's not like they're not like throwing punches leaving marks or anything is that about the same for your kids constant fighting and punching okay constant and then, at all times and then fake crying to get the other one in more trouble yeah and then i end up hitting one because i'm so pissed <laughs> and then he starts the younger starts laughing because it was a fake cry the whole time <laughs> yeah yeah kids are great it's um, awesome i read that you said in your um about section on the on your um Website. What's it called? A website? Yeah. That you're the oldest. 
you have kind of a, I don't know, like an oldest child energy. Do you feel like, <laughs> do you feel like so older much. children do have like more of like a independent driven streak? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. We didn't get to fuck around. Yeah. We didn't get to have a scapegoat. Yeah. We didn't slide under the radar. And parents, as a, as a parent, I know parents my oldest, I was worried about everything the everything. first one did. Like, we didn't let her cross the street until she was like, probably in like second grade. And then the other ones, it's like, Correct. just look twice. Everything I wasn't allowed to do, my by the time my youngest sister, she could do. Like, literally. Down to like, when my husband and I would come back to town from Boston, if we weren't married, we had to sleep on different floors of the house. Versus, like, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. so funny, the things that like but yeah i mean i had to perform i had to get good grades i had to show up on time um i had to you know i drove my sisters around i was like the small mom i hear you saying i had to i had to how much of that was like it was clearly stated you have to and how much of that did you like be like i'm the oldest i have to like your parents versus self-imposed i would say half and half because one parent was pretty strict one wasn't yeah yeah so it's probably a combination. Yeah. Um, now to your point, what would have happened if I just totally slacked off? Who knows? That was not my energy. <laughs> yeah. I was not looking to add drama. Yeah. Or I don't know. I didn't want to cause trouble. Yeah. I think that's, I don't know. My sister might say the same thing. I only have one older sister. So our relationship is she's the oldest and yeah. I'm the baby and there's, there's nobody else to balance yeah. that. So I don't know much about the middle child stuff except for now that I'm seeing it with my own kids, but <laughs> there's two in the middle. So I don't think it's as bad. Maybe. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, we had like stuff going on. It was a little bit crazy. Um, so I felt like for me to like do the right thing would make it one less thing for us to have to be dealing with. Hmm. So that's really kind of where that comes from. <laughs> you know if for any of you out there that also come from dysfunction yeah. maybe none of you do <laughs> you know i think everybody does it's just a matter of degrees oh yeah uh entirely i'm the cliche like like firstborn that was trying to just do every like help out as much as possible i'm a type two like i just wanted to make things easier for my sisters and my parents mm -hmm. i wanted to like create some normalcy so i i really my youngest sister's also 10 years younger so like like it's a very much like a mom and daughter type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My yeah, my oldest is nineteen, and then the youngest is six, mm -hmm. two in the middle. So it's so like I was driving them around to their things, like yeah. cooking dinner. Like, you know, I was driving, and she was. Oh, six. you like to cook? We should talk about that a little bit too later. <laughs> no, let's just talk about my dysfunctional family. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah, you had said something there too that caught my uh, attention earlier. Is that you and your husband met in Boston? Yeah. Are you both from here? Yeah. No. Wait, what about me was firstborn energy? I gotta know. You said that from my about page. Was it the writing style or that more from like... Well, I read that you were the oldest on that, but just you kind of have an energy that... <laughs> I meant to ask you this too. You you have an energy that seems like it's either very kind of like driven and purposeful from as young as you can remember, or you were kind of la-di-da and then one day you found something and mm. then you hit it super hard. That's interesting. And I was wondering if you uh, can identify if you're maybe a little both or kind of kind of. I've been pretty good from the get go. Yeah, yeah. My dad called it out when I, my wedding in in the speech that I always had my like five year plan. Yeah, and I always like achieved it ahead of time. <laughs> really like, lofty goals, and then get get them before the deadline. Literally, and I had never <laughs> thought of. I was like, oh my god, 
like and that was at 24 i got married at 24 so that that was a long time ago that was 16 years ago yeah so it's kind of crazy but he's spot on well one thing that i've noticed with people who you know especially academically you know are overachievers is there can be and well, i saw it on your website it wasn't you said it but you had a quote of the the biggest block to success is fear of failure or something yeah, to that effect I've noticed as a teacher, there's a lot of overachievers who become so used to, you know, hitting that mark yeah. or doing a, going above and beyond that when they can't hit a mark like that, that it almost breaks them. Oh, yeah. I could see it. I don't know that I have that. Um, I wasn't super. You didn't. You never had that or you've always been like pretty resilient. Like, oh, OK, I failed. Let's figure it out. I'm pretty time. resilient. Um, I will say, first of all, I was not this. I, I grew up in a very smart school district, mm. so I was like middle of the road, yeah. but maybe in another area, I'd be high, but I had to work. Well, first of all, so I had to work a lot harder than a lot of my friends to get like a B plus mm. and getting a B plus slash A minus was like normal, not above average. Right. Um, it was just people were taking college classes in junior year. So yeah, it was you and like, me both went to college factories. You, you yeah, went to East Grand Rapids. Right. I went to Okemos High School. Oh, cool. And I've heard somebody say, oh, Okemos is kind of like the East Grand yes. Rapids of Central okay. Michigan. I was like, oh, okay. Exactly. Yeah. So to me, it's like my friends would like not study that much and just get like A plus. Like I didn't have that. I don't have that. I'm yeah, not Everybody's like, doing NHS. and Right. Yeah. I had, I took one honors class, but beyond that, you know, I had to work really hard. Um, so I don't want to downplay. I mean, I know I'm probably pretty intelligent, but I didn't get accepted to U of M, for example. Well, you and a lot of people. Right. A lot of people who are very, very intelligent. Yeah. And I know with some of them, I've talked to quite a few people that said, uh, I got accepted initially, but then they wanted me to do this other thing and oh, then really? write another essay. And then they asked me if I'd write another essay. Uh, and it's like, you know, they just have to keep trimming that list yeah. of worldwide numbers that want to come to this it's one true. school and they can only take a certain percentage from each high school and other people are like oh, i already got accepted to kalamazoo college or i already got accepted yeah. to brown i'm just gonna go there like okay yeah that's so yeah yeah so <laughs> for anybody listening if your heart is set on going to the university of michigan and it doesn't happen it's okay it'll be fine yeah it'll work out so was that your main thing like i'm going to u of m it was for a long time i mean in uh Fifth grade for Halloween, I was a U of M fan. Mm -hmm. So Kirk, I love your mug. <laughs> I had a so my my dad went there. That sounds like a very last minute thing. Like oh, oh shit, it's welcome, today. Oh, uh, we to, got some hoodies. And some... Welcome to a dysfunctional family. <laughs> my mom was not knitting outfits, so that was me making a costume at the last minute. So yeah. like, I found my dad's briefcase. Shout out to the early nineties. And then remember briefcases? Can you imagine like <laughs> packing a briefcase to go to work? So, and he's a doctor. So like, what was in that anyways? Um, right. So briefcase. And then I would open it like a salesman. And then in it, I'd have U of M socks, hats, sweatshirt, like all my U of M stuff, which we just probably had around. Yeah. But I do come from a very long line. Like my, my dad went there. He was the um, chief medical resident at U of M medical school. He, my grand, his dad went there at the engineering school. Mm. My mom's dad went there. He's a surgeon. And my, uh, uncle went to law school my other or excuse me my cousin cousin's aunt so long story short both sides of my family long line of people yeah. nobody went to michigan state <laughs> not a single person which i only clarify because i didn't realize till later in life that when you live around here most people go to michigan state because we're just geographically closer well and it's just huge too so it's your huge, chances of getting it's in closer, are better yeah. it's easier to get in yeah no one in my family went to michigan state so i didn't even have that like 
counter. The irony is I went to a hospitality school at Boston University, but technically the MSU's hospitality program is ranked higher. Not, yeah. you know. Not well, I know they're, they're um, uh, like their food science and yeah. culinary schools are supposed to be top notch. They are. They've been around a lot, really long time. Yeah. Anyways, that, yeah, I did want to go to U of M for a very long time. Yeah. Well, well uh, that, I'm very glad I didn't go, by the way. This is not like a sad moment. No, I was going to say, you ended up Boston. going to Boston. Yeah, and it was I amazing. Think as cool as Ann Arbor is, and Ann Arbor is a cool town. Um, Boston's way cooler. Boston seems like it would have a little bit more culture, it's a little got, bit like, more diversity. It's like 20 Ann Arbors in it. <laughs> yeah. the, there was no lacking. Yeah. There was no lacking. It was, um, there's 200 colleges there. Okay. I know this is a Rhode Island thing because um, a comedian named Ben Smith was just telling me about this. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it on his Instagram. Okay. In Rhode Island, they have these like, they call it a pizza, but it's just like a square piece of bread that's really thick and they put sauce on it and bake it. Really? I, I didn't know I if didn't, maybe you ever no. saw any of those in Boston. I'm surprised too because we went to Rhode Island a lot. It's very close. Like out there, you can like go to all the different states really quickly. Yeah. No. Yeah. All the different things that make up New England. The I thought when I was I... a kid that New England was a state. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, people out there don't know where Michigan is, so it's, it goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Or they think the capital is Detroit. Like, right. Exactly. Someone yeah. once called it the Mideast, the, 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 the Midwest. I was like, huh? Not the Middle East. From the Middle East. Um. Okay, so then you and your husband meet at okay. school in Boston, He's, or no? My husband's four years older than me. Okay. We met on the internet back in two thousand and one, before people online dated. I was gonna say, was this in like a AOL chat room or a- Love at AOL? Yeah, Love at AOL. I called it. Yes. You did call it, which later got bought by Match. Ooh. But here's what's amazing, you guys. Back then. And if you're a woman, you might particularly appreciate this. Mm. You didn't have to have a profile to do it. So what I found was when I had a profile, 70-year-old creepers would reach out to me. And it was just much harder to find what I wanted. Uh. Much easier route. You reach out to who you want to talk to versus letting anybody come to you. Yeah. So I just searched um, an age range. I just, oh, man. I just I can only imagine that, especially from the early days of the internet. Oh, yeah. Being a woman on the internet it trying to date cool. is probably... Although I will say it was really easy to get free dinners in college. I probably went on three <laughs> blind dates a week. I'm not being funny. Because there's 200 colleges. That's awesome. So literally three dates a week. I'm a yeah. numbers girl. And if you know me now, like that's how I do sales. Like it's a law of averages. Oh, you're probably coming up. It's like, wait, it's Saturday and I haven't got my third free date yet. <laughs> literally. So, but here you'll appreciate this. When there's so many people online you've got to like narrow it down with search terms and things like that. Mm. Because again, co- there's 200 colleges. So all I was really looking for was like, I needed them to be taller than me either in college or graduating. But beyond that, it wasn't like I had a million different criteria, but I still needed to narrow this list down for the sake of time. Yeah. I put in Ben folds five. Do you know Ben folds five? Yeah. I remember oh. the Ben folds five. If it weren't for Ben, I wouldn't have met my husband because he had Ben folds five in his bio. Nice. Yes. So we've been to many Benfolds concerts. I'm trying to think. What was the... You said this was 2001? Yep. Was that uh, around the time they... And don't forget to oh, yeah. give me back my black yeah. t-shirt. Yes. All that. We're in one of the music videos that he filmed in a club in Boston. No kidding. I'll find it. Yeah. Is he, I didn't even know he was a... Is he a Boston dude too? I don't... Yeah, he's not Boston. Okay. So yeah. Huh. That, so he's four years older. Um, he was already out of college. It was my senior year, um, right after nine eleven. If you want to be, you know, yeah, that was very common. Like a lot of people 
made life changes. Yeah. So that yeah, that. I would imagine being, especially anywhere in the vicinity of that going on, that that probably ages somebody about five years. Oh, yeah. Well, and I knew somebody in the second plane that hit the World Trade Tower. Because remember, the planes left Boston. Oh, yeah. I read that on your bio, but I yeah, I didn't even think about yeah. that. She was the class speaker. So this is, I met Rich in December, two months before it was 9-11. I had just seen her a couple months before. She had just graduated. Mm. Her name's Lisa Frost, and she was 21. And she um, had been the class speaker that year. So she spoke at the graduation class at BU. And then um, I remember she was moving back to California to start her life. She had a career lined up. Her best friend, she was moving with her best friend. Her boyfriend lived out there. Her parents were waiting for her at the airport. She was literally ending her chapter in Boston, starting her life. Isn't that crazy? So she was in the second plane. And so I actually ended up being the class speaker that next May, and her parents came. It was crazy. Mm. I know. I think about her all the time. Yeah. Oh, can't even imagine. Yeah. It was a crazy time. So, yeah, I met Rich right after that. So he is from Boston. I'm from East Grand Rapids. And so then, uh, well, I guess to be fair, when me and my wife got married, we were living uh, in Florida at the time. And then we moved back to Grand Rapids, which is where uh-huh. she's from. I'm, you know, from. We Long always Lansing get him to come so. back. Yeah. It was a 63% lower cost of living, so it was an easy sell for my husband. Well, okay, yeah, that's what I've heard. I've got a friend, uh, Smitty, Justin Smith, who's uh, cousins with uh, Ben Smith, the comedian. That's how I know him. And he was telling me that you go out there and it's like, you want to park your car, you better bring at least $25. $100, exactly, 100%. Yeah, that's... People like way above me at work were driving in from New Hampshire every day and, you know, putting their kids in private school. Like, no, like I'm not going to pay for school. Yeah. I can't do that. Like growing up in East, it's like the idea of paying forty grand a kid to go to school, but the public schools are so bad you have to. Ugh. So it was an easy decision, but also I wanted my kids to be raised with their cousins. Yeah, which is what's happening. This yeah. is again, see, I did it again. I like it, had a plan. That is my nice. Sisters though. and I have kids the same age. Oh, it's oh. amazing. That's they're perfect. like they're like cousin siblings. <laughs> no, for real. Like, yeah, it's cool. It's really amazing. Yeah, my kids have some cousins their age too that are in this area, which is nice because they'll be like, "Are they my friend or my family?" It's like, "Well, they're your family, but I really like them." Like, well, they can be both. Isn't I guess. that so funny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so true. Okay, so, uh, well, I don't know if you want to talk about your husband or not. What is what? What was he doing in Boston at the time? What sure. does he do? So he was. Well, he got a teaching degree. Okay. But he was working at Staples, the office supply superstore. Mm-hmm. And then he just kept getting promoted and then eventually got promoted to the corporate office. So he just did that instead of teaching. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, he was working, um, yeah, for the Staples corporate office. He was there for 17 years. I've I've heard that people with teaching degrees do great in business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Almost better than they do in teaching in a lot of Yeah, of it's just he, love, he loves technology and IT yeah. and all that stuff. So... It was great. And then when we moved here, he worked remotely for them for a little bit. But now he works for an accounting firm, BDO, okay. in their tech department. He's a systems engineer. Oh. So, yeah. He's pretty so fancy. Did he ever get any, like, formal engineering education? No. He's very self-taught. Yeah. Um, and loves to just, like, deep dive into things. So... You have a glow in your eye right now. Is that something that you would say you value most about him is just that, like, I can do anything, literally. 
Yeah, yeah, it's very impressive. Because yeah. he's like, he can figure anything out. Any computer problem I've ever had, technical problem, email problem, systems problem, he's never not fixed it. So he's taller than you and he's good with technology. Yeah. Those are your two big checks, right? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. He's he's a real one. He also does not have like an ego like a lot of dudes do. Like Oh yeah. He's just so down to earth. Like everyone in East is like, he's not your typical East Grand Rapids dude. Like he's not. He's not a bro. Yeah, yeah. He's not trying to be the funniest guy in the room. Like he is the funniest guy in the room, but he's not trying to prove it to you. Right. That's my favorite thing. Uh-huh. Like I like the funny guy that's like, "Hey guys, I'm funny. Look at me." <laughs> he doesn't need that like reassurance. Yeah. But he is like actually the funny. But he's like subtle with it. Yeah, he's not like shooting ping pong balls out of his belly button. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I uh, I saw that you said and well, the type two personality. What it, what's Enneagram a type two personality exactly? Because I've taken those before and I can never remember what I. Oh, it's fun. Enneagram is all about your core fears and motivations mm. and your core, like what propels you and what you're running away from. Mm. And so there's nine types. And what's cool is that it's an indication of like what you look like in health and unhealth. Yeah. So, so there's no right or wrong. Every type has good sides and bad sides to it. Your goal is to get into the healthy side mm-hmm. and avoid when you see like the, the red flags of the unhealth. Yeah, I remember mine was, it was like scary. It was like, <laughs> sometimes you'll find yourself just locking up and not doing anything for long periods of time. I'm like, oh, I do do that. Yeah, when you, you know you found your type when it makes you want to kill yourself because you're so, you're like disgusted by it. Like when I read about my type, I literally hate myself. Like it's yeah. so nauseating, yeah. but that's how you know you found your type. But then you see those things to shoot for too. Oh, of course. And that's the thing is like everyone, it's like the grass is greener. Like everyone is like, oh, I just wish I could be a laid back seven or, a, you know, <laughs> da, da, da. like I, yeah. Like, but every type has its good and bad. I'm pretty sure that I was a type five because I was gonna say five. Really? Uh-huh. Five is my like mystical, magical number. I don't have a favorite color. I don't like have a favorite band or song. Like, but five is your. But five. Ever since I was in like kindergarten. Do you get depleted like, after wants number too five? Much... I'm like, I want. I don't even yeah. care what it is. I'll take five. Do you get depleted after too much time around people, like social situations, or? Yeah. Yeah. More so now in the pandemic, but like I used to love. I, I always had like that big fear of missing out. You know mm. what I mean? So I was like, I'll get there early. I'll be the last one to leave just in case something cool happens. <laughs> and now now I'm at the point where I'm like, no. You know, if they call today and say that we're not doing that, that's fine. Yeah, that's a five. Big yeah. time. My sister's a five. Yeah. So I can't remember what the the healthy thing is. And do you like to be are, really but... prepared? Honestly, I like to be like prepared to so that I have like, just in case I'm talking to somebody and I don't know what to do next, I'll be able to go. Yeah, but generally fives like to have a nice clear game plan and they like to be a little bit prepared. Yeah, I think the musician in me too likes to like, because it, it's a tug of war. Like, Oh, you're a musician? Part of me, yeah, you're part of me is like, I, I thought I was like a five wing seven. Oh, well, you can't maybe? be a five, either a five wing six or four. Okay, it's well, the then number I don't right know. Now. Fours are the creatives. Well, then hopefully I'm that one. I think you are. <laughs> but yeah, so it's always this like tug of like, one part of me just wants to do absolutely nothing and be a piece of shit. Like nothing. Do nothing at all. And then another part of me is like, we should do this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. Get somebody else to help us with this. And so I meet somewhere in the middle with writing and doing a podcast. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> and then the kids too. The kids, especially in the summer, because I stay home. And right. I mean, I, I don't need 
Does know, your wife work outside of the home? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're home alone with the kids. Yep. But oh my the, gosh. you know they're spread out are enough. They at except home for the alone last right two now. Are. Yep. They're at home and the, the girls are watching the boys. So you can leave them. That yeah. is fantastic. That's great. When the I oldest one is here, yet. especially. Yes, that's nice. Because she's yeah she's 19, but when it's just the 12 going on 13. There's two boys. They could kind of gang up on her and mutiny if they really wanted well, luckily, to. Luckily, the oldest is a girl. But yeah. Shout out to Girl and a very, like, she's 19, but she's she's been like 38 since she was 11. One that of those ha- kinds That of happens kids. with the oldest. Yeah. Yeah. And more creative than I am, too. Thank <laughs> God for that. Um, there's two things I have to talk to you about before we can even start to wrap up but we got some time still um you're already trying to end this am no, i no, that no, boring no no i just want to say these things to you because i know i'm gonna forget and i keep looking at my notes and i wrote them really big i'm nervous cheese and sriracha yes okay so you said you don't have a big sweet tooth but cheese is a different story at one time like right now i'm probably somewhere i'm always kicking around somewhere between like 195 mm-hmm. 200 but at one time i was close to 230 and <laughs> i was killing like one of those like little like mini bricks of cheese uh-huh. in like two sittings <laughs> with just the thing of crackers. And I was like, Slippery why can't slope. I lose weight? I know. Arr, all I eat is cheese. The most depressing thing is when you realize what an ounce of cheese looks like and then it's 80 calories. Yeah. Well, I actually did, because of my wife's work, did um, Weight Watchers. Oh, cool. And when I saw Weight Watchers, I was like, wait, hold up. A bagel is that many points? Oh, bagels are never worth the like, calories. Yeah. Or it's like, wait, hold on a second. Like one slice of cheese is that many points? Yeah. Or like a taco tortilla. Like before you even eat the taco, like just the, the before you even fry the tortilla, which most places do, it's like 80 calories. You <laughs> know what I mean? Who has fry. one taco? No one yeah. I've ever met. So no. like, it's like you're not even counting the filling. I don't even think they'd give you one taco unless it was no. like an extra taco for your three tacos. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's learning calories. I don't know if you know this about me. I have a weight loss success story. Yeah. So one, like the biggest thing with that is understanding a portion and calories and things. It's really eye opening. Like, like, well, understanding it and then also being able to stop yourself. That's the problem I have. Yeah. My my worst thing now is like I'll eat later than I should, but I'll be like, oh, it's okay. It's pistachios. Yeah, I know. The keto thing is always funny because it's like you'll be keto for a couple hours, but then eat carbs. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm like, it's bacon. Yeah. It's, it's low carb. Yeah. Protein. But then I'll like eat some carbs. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, tell us, tell me more about the weight loss thing because on uh, your website, you've got a picture of you in your wedding dress and you looked beautiful. Thank and then you. you've got a picture of you right next to that. And it was, what did you say you lost? Like 60 pounds? Yeah. So I, after I got married, we just got invited to a friend's wedding and like any wedding, there's a lot of photos taken and literally it was just a photo I saw of myself and I didn't like it. Yeah. And I was very happy. You know, I was obviously in love. I was newly married. So like most people lose weight to either like get the guy or to fit into the jeans or to look good in photos right, or, right. or for the wedding day. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it that way. I was totally happy. Um, so the photo, I just literally Googled weight loss or excuse me, food tracker. Like, and I found myfooddiary.com. And that's where I started slowly but surely losing about a pound to a pound and a half a week. Yeah. Just by tracking what I ate and my exercise. Which is good because I think they say like pound to a pound and a half is like what you should be trying to lose healthily. My, throw my dad under the bus real quick. He's uh, always been like really into exercise and playing oh, cool. baseball. But like, you know, 
Michigan winners, he'll gain weight and then he'll be like, oh, we're trying to go play in this. Now he plays like old man baseball, Uh he calls it. And they go and play in, you know, Arizona and Florida. But he's like, oh, I got to lose 20 pounds before that (laughs) tournament next month. I'm like, dad. And he, he'll He'll do it. He'll get close. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah but you know i wouldn't i wouldn't advocate that for most people i think that the longer it takes you to to lose it the longer you'll keep it off i feel pretty confident in that statement yeah uh, most people i know that lose weight quickly they don't keep it off um especially even like with the fad diets i've just never seen anyone sustain that because the problem is so hard you're starving all the time it's just not sustainable you know cutting out sugar for life is obviously impossible and so what happens is you go to a birthday party, you go on vacation, and then you get off track, and then it's a slippery slope. So I really believe in a much more um, long-term, sustainable approach to weight loss. And now I can say I've kept it off for 15 years. I've yeah. also had to lose it twice because I got pregnant. So I, <laughs> I gained 50 say, pounds each pregnancy. Wait a minute. You had to lose it twice. Yeah, that yeah, So sense. I've lost it three times. So I'm pretty like comfortable in the statement. But you need to... Did that I, make you nervous? I'm sorry to cut oh, you off. Oh yeah, that. I wrote like about it too. Gaining weight with kids, yeah. And there's an article you can link to about um, coping with weight gain after weight loss, because when you get pregnant, you literally have to gain weight, and it is yeah. weird like seeing those numbers come back up. But, you know, luckily it all comes off and all that. But yeah, it is. I just think it's better to live by like an eighty twenty rule, where eighty percent of the time you follow a clean diet. But you have that 20% built in as part of the plan where mm. you can have a drink, you can have a piece of cake, you can yeah. go on vacation, you can go to a friend's house for dinner and not know the calorie count. And not feel like a total jerk. And then the next day be like, well, it doesn't matter now. I'm just going to eat right. everything. Because when you have that mentality, you're like, oh, forget it. Let's get the chips out. Oh, was, I've already ruined that. It was that. perfect and I broke it. Correct. Yeah. So this way, the nothing's broken. You didn't go off plan. This was all part. Messing up is part of the plan. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of people say that, like, uh, I think even The Rock says, like, once a month, he just sits down and eats an entire pizza. That's in one funny. That's just once a, once a month. That's hilarious. Otherwise, he's, you know, he's eating his, like, portions of chicken and yeah, fish exactly. and vegetables and whatever else. That's hilarious. They probably feel so sick after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably, like, probably, when, have you ever seen those sharks, Kirk, on Shark Week? The sharks, <laughs> they'll eat, like, a, a whale carcass, and then mm-hmm. they just, like, float around in this, like, drunken stupor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, literally. Once you cut stuff out. I remember like my first time eating like, you know, Americanized, like at like a Chinese place and it was just so heavy and fried and sugary. And like when you do stop eating that food, once you put it back in, it's hard to handle. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you just yeah. feel, you, you get used to feeling good. Yeah. I, I got to get more disciplined with like when I'm eating. Cause my wife's big thing lately has been, she read a book. <clears throat> Gosh, I can't remember the name of it, but if I can think of it, I'll link it in. It was written by a medical doctor about fasting mm-hmm. and she's been for like over a year now. She just eats, except, you know, she'll have days where she's like, oh, you know, it's the yeah. weekend we're doing this thing. I'm going to enjoy myself. But um, otherwise, for the most part, she only eats like one meal a day or basically gives herself like a two or three hour yeah. window of time to eat. And she's like, I couldn't overeat in that amount of time if I tried. hundred percent. And she still eats what she wants, what she likes. No, I've yeah. heard great. And she tries to, yeah, I mean, she eats healthier than the average American. Oh yeah. But... No, I've heard great things about <clears throat> fasting. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I've done that a couple of times and uh, one time I did it, I actually improved my eyesight. Really? I don't know if it was directly attributed to the fasting, but I was like, that's cool. I, after the fast, like a week later, I'm like, man, my glasses, I think I need a new prescription. That's hilarious. And when they're like, oh, your eyes actually got better. That's so funny. Right. That's funny. And when I got, I'm vaccinated folks, when I got my second vaccine, um, the first shot, like put me out for like almost two days i was just in and out of consciousness but uh the second time i 
fasted that day and then fasted for two days after. Just water and like coffee with, you know, for heavy whipping cream in it. For two days. I've done a five day before. Why? Um, all the health benefits uh, related to um, like if you have muscle tissue uh-huh. that's just not doing that great. During that five day fast, your body will actually like lose a little bit of muscle no mass. Way. But it's like junk muscle mass and you can rebuild it back up in like two weeks afterwards that's cool yeah and if you have um bowel issues it's good for people with bowel issues to just reset your gut and let it you know take a break for a minute is this a fasting infomercial i just realized are you being sponsored by a fasting company sponsored by (laughs) fasting.com no i'm kidding i've heard great things too i'm too pathetic and like food it can reduce the size of cancer uh tumors uh too no i've heard great things about it please don't tell me more because i don't want to do it and if i know too much i'll be like oh i gotta do it i'll give you my wife's number she'll she'll bug you about it um no okay that should uh transition transition us pretty well into um, everything you do with food. Yeah. I'm curious though, because you've written at least one book, right? No, I mean, I have some e-cookbooks. You have some e-cookbooks? Yeah. Electronic cookbooks. But you'd still count that as writing a cookbook. Though, yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a cookbook um, series. <clears throat> what, did you do the cookbooks? Well, hold on a second. I've got a question in here. It's just tangled oh, up. I'm hold on. I'm dying to get to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be good, guys. Hold on. He's got it. He's got it. Give him a minute. Collecting his thoughts, checking his notes. You got into the food game through writing first. Like, um, well, I guess start by telling me kind of how hospitality led into writing, and then mm. we'll we'll go from there. Look at you. Okay. Um. I would say, I don't know that hospitality led me into writing. I started a blog in 2010 to share my love of food. Okay. And at that time, were you working? um... In hospitality. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So I was uh, working part-time. How many years deep into your career were you when the blog started? Sure. So I had... um, Let's see. I had been in the hospitality industry for seven years. Okay. And about in 2008, I got laid off from a hotel sales job. And then in the day after I got fired, the next day, my former client from that job hired me because hmm. she had been looking for someone. So she was like excited. You know how that goes. Yeah, Especially yeah, yeah. now when it's so hard to find people. Like I get that now. As a business owner, I when people like I just had an assistant reach out who she had to leave her job. I'm like, yes. Like, you know what I mean? When it's like you find talent, but yeah. So she was excited. I was like mourning. And, um, <laughs> so I got hired. And so that was in 2008. So I did that for about two years and I actually kept doing that from 2008 to 2013, but it was only 30 hours a week. So mm. I had this extra free time. Yeah. So that's in 2010 is when I started the blog. Had you been writing before that? Just like no journals, nothing, or... no writing. I hadn't written anything since college, probably. I'm not so, a writer. So then what, what? Why just pick it up like that? Um, I don't think I was, I don't think I understood that I was committing to being a writer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also don't, I, I've never found writing to be challenging. Yeah. So I don't think I was also nervous about writing. I think I'm a pretty strong, I wouldn't say I'm an, I, I, for example, I probably took one writing class in four years of college. It's not like I have a strong writing background mm-hmm. or degree. Mm-hmm. 
but I think I'm a good writer. Yeah. I get that from my dad. He does a lot of writing and, you know, he does a lot of like medical articles and public speaking. Mm -hmm. I think I'm really good at putting a message out there in words, whereas some people do not like to write. They have really bad grammar. So I would say I'm not an expert, yeah. but I'm a pretty good writer, probably better than I realized if I've made a business out of it, but I was never nervous about it. But I certainly was not like, for example, I had no, like, I wasn't one to ever like write newspaper articles like in college or, mm. or online articles. Like that wasn't yeah. my thing. Right. I wouldn't call myself a writer, but I am now, but it's not like, that's not <laughs> like, that's not my energy. Like I'm going to go write something. Like I'm not looking to like, I'm just, Did I'm a, I like to cook. Did you have a blog that you had been reading and you were like, I can do that or? No, I got basically told that I should do it multiple times. And I'm really smart about like, oh yeah, they're probably right. If a lot of people say something, I probably should do it. So. You know when there's a demand? Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> I, my, my background was sales. Yeah. And um, someone just, a couple people just were like, you should start a blog. And what the other big thing is that when you lose a bunch of weight, everyone wants to know how you do it. Oh, sure. And I, because I cook inherently, I don't write out recipes, but I realized I can't just tell someone, oh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, just take what you have on hand and make it good. Yeah. Most people don't know how to do that. <laughs> so I had to learn how to write recipes. So I would say like my main real unique skill and talent is developing and writing recipes so I can taste something and make it into a recipe that Sally and Iowa can make hmm. and it would taste just as good. That's my real like strength. That's a very rare quality. I, I, I don't know if I could put a percentage on it. I know a few people in my life who could just walk into anybody's kitchen and make something. That's me. It's like it's like a language. And that's like fun for me. So like I have friends that hate dinner time. Like, you know, the stress of the kids. It's like, oh God, what's for dinner? Like these people are hungry. Or like me, I've got like my six things that I go to. Right. Exactly. And so because I'm a foodie, so we grew up, we traveled a ton. We ate in a lot of different restaurants like growing up, not chains. Like we always were eating in like you know, family owned, small mom and pop places yeah. with foods from all over the world. That was, so what happens is then you don't want to eat spaghetti Saturday and taco Tuesday and meatloaf Monday. Like you just don't. Right. We didn't grow up eating that stuff and I don't want, I don't crave it. You're like, we want sobeys, mom. No, literally. Yeah. So that's more, <laughs> that's exactly it. Now, certain things are just better to buy out, but you get my point. Yeah. <laughs> And if you know a place around here that's got some good sopes, let me know. I just... There's a place by Flowerland no, is there's great. There's literally a place that I have that someone just told me about, and that's literally their specialty, which is oh. crazy that you said that. And I, he was like, you need to go. Um, it's called... Maybe someday uh, you and Vince and me and Kirk can double date out there. No, I'm down for that. <laughs> I'll find the name and we'll... Okay. Yeah, I'll find the name. We'll go. Yeah, of course, it's it's way up there because then we ended up talking about a million other things. But it that's what's so crazy is that was their actual specialty. And I, for anybody that doesn't know what a sope is, it's kind of like... A thick tortilla. Yeah. I, I've tried to tell people that it almost has the consistency of kind of like a... Of almost like a, a lightly cooked pan... Not pancake, no, but I like waffle pancake. or pancake, yeah. something like that. It's but like it's a got pancake with delicious tortilla. meat in the center. Yes. Yeah. Oh. So... When I did one of my cookbooks, the um, Ultimate Mexican Sunday Dinner, we learned how to make those, and it's so good. And it really is just the same filling of a corn tortilla. You just make it thick, and you put it on it. It's like you make it like a pancake. Yeah. But to your point, you indent a little middle part, so mm -hmm. you can fill it. Yeah. <sighs> okay, I'm going to find the place. We're going to all go. I'm down. We're making a date. So, 
how long into the food blogging does other opportunities start to come up like uh local like tv spots and stuff oh, like that okay. well yeah or that or or becoming like a brand ambassador or whatever, sure, yeah. whatever you call it so okay and so 2010 i started the blog in 2013 i share my weight loss success story and that was when i first started to like go quote unquote viral mm. and then uh Right around that same time, I got my first paid opportunity. It was something that was posted on Facebook, and I applied for it, and I got it. And it was like a two hundred and fifty dollars thing to make a recipe. So I did that. You were going to do that anyway, so yeah. right? Exactly. <laughs> Why not get paid to do what you're doing anyways? It's such a good way of putting it. The trick, though, is that you have to be very strategic about the brands you affiliate with, because um, I care first and foremost about being authentic to my audience. So for example, mm. 90% of the things that come to me, I turn away because I would never buy that chunk. Yeah. Like, I love you, Oreo, but like, I'm not out here trying to get people to eat them more often than they already are. Right. So I'm not going to create recipes with them or, look, I love Oreos. Who doesn't love an Oreo? They're right. delicious. They're even vegan friendly. Right. But at the end of the day, I don't need to help encourage people to eat more processed food. We already do a great job of that. Mm -hmm. I would rather show you how to take a tomato or a pepper or a jalapeno and make it into something really delicious. Shout out to Sunset Produce for my sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's more of like, I think that, I think people struggle to eat healthy because it's harder to make vegetables taste good if you didn't grow up with that. Yeah. And luckily, I come from a Middle Eastern family. Or there's where... only a couple of vegetables that some kids eat. Like, yeah. I think most kids, well, if why you do just you think throw they down some green beans with butter and salt on them, they're like, the thing eh. is like, now look, I have a picky kid too. Yeah. But, if you're not making vegetables in, in a creative, inventive ways, no one's going to like vegetables. Yeah. Like no one wants to eat a steamed piece of broccoli with no flavor. Roast it, caramelize it, get good curry on it, put good flavors on it, make mm. it maximize the flavor mm. because we eat, you know, with our, you know, all your senses. So it needs to look appealing. It needs to smell good. You should have some different textures in it. No one wants to eat the same steamed green beans every night of their life. Now, granted, mm. my youngest would right now. Yeah. Yeah, they but get in the lane when they're they that do. age. They do. So you've got to keep introducing new things to them. Yeah. Because guess what happened? Um, a couple weeks ago, he devoured a platter of curry chickpeas from Irie Kitchen. But he used to not like them. So you have to Shout keep... Shout out Irie Kitchen. Right. So you have to keep like reintroducing. Yeah. You know what? Speaking of Irie Kitchen, I, I will say this. Uh, Vince and Pops put together some really good stuff. And my kids, who usually aren't very adventurous to eating things, they'll. my son was like... Can I try some of the, that's, it was curry goat, extra spicy. Yes. And he ended up eating half of it. That's my son too. My yeah. nine-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like kind of mad I eat spicy food now because I used to be like, oh, I can't share it. It's hot. Yeah. <laughs> now you're it, like spicy. I'm like, darn it. Well, going back, we didn't talk about sriracha a whole lot. Oh, yeah. I, I put sriracha on almost everything, I but love... now my kids will eat that. So I've got like Frank's extra hot yeah. or uh, some, so some mango habanero stuff. I'm like, I'm not sharing this. The things parents have to do. <laughs> so true. <laughs> um okay so yeah then when uh when oh does... yeah so 2013 i Sorry. started getting i got off track i, <laughs> I think i might have done that too so ADD. i started eating i started eating i started getting paid opportunities yeah and then in um yeah because in 2013 i quit my day job that 30 hour week contractor role i had is that scary um, well, I found out I was pregnant the next day. So it was a busy, it was a busy 24 hours. It was a busy 24 hours, but I, I was never scared. I was actually telling Vince yesterday on the phone that I've never been nervous 
even back then when I was making like 30 grand a year, like I've never worried about money. Um, I've never, I've always had the belief that it would be fine and I'd figure it out. Yeah. Maybe it's because I know I'm pragmatic. I'm resilient. I'm not super worried about making it work. Well, and somebody's got to, somebody's got to be that way. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Which might go back to the older sibling thing too, because yeah, I think one time I was on a family trip and, uh, it was when I had my kids and my parents were driving in another car. They got a flat tire. My dad had a Toyota with a weird size tire. And nobody around in like 50 miles could fix it. She's like, I guess we got to get a hotel. I was like, well, hold on. Right. I started calling different Toyota dealerships. It's like, hey, do you have a spare tire? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can go to this place. It's just going to be an hour and a half out of our way. Oh, okay. Isn't that funny? Yeah. 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 So I slowly but surely, you know, I think quitting the job was good because it like gave me the pressure to just really focus on growing the blog. But I'll be honest, I never felt major pressure. I've never been panicked about money. I don't have scarcity mindset. Like I just think I really believe in abundance mm. and I just knew it would work. And I, I don't know why or how I just did. And I just kept putting out, I really just focused on putting out more and more recipes and I just knew like things would continue to come my way. Ironically, I did get invited to go on the today show back in 2012 yeah. because I won a cooking contest. And then after that, cause you asked about TV. Yeah. So once you're on the today show, well, guess what would TV eight, is interested in talking to you. <laughs> See, I would have guessed that you had like gone through the ranks the Everyone opposite thinks way. That. Yeah. No, that and it's funny because, like, I'll be honest with you, it's harder to start with national TV and then go backwards. <laughs> <laughs> in what way? Because for when you do a cooking program, it's a lot of work. But when you go to the Today Show, they've got like staff and teams of people and food stylists, mm-hmm. and so like they they get all the ingredients, they prep them, they line it all up, they get all the appliances. Whereas here. You have to literally load everything in your truck that you're going to need. But when you cook, you have to have it like what it looks like at the end, but also the stages. Yeah. So it's a ton of work. Um, and obviously, you don't get paid to go on TV. Mm. Well, not directly, but you can probably. <clears throat> well, I've done that. You you can get sponsors. Yeah. And you can do that, too. But it's just so much work. Yeah. It's a lot, to, a lot easier to make one smoothie in my kitchen and take a picture. <laughs> yeah. And then your photography has been in a lot of places too. When did you find the time to like develop a skill for photography or is it all like just iPhone photography? And you Okay. It used to be. It's been a progress. So I took my own photography for like probably the first, hmm, when did I start? Probably four years. iPad, uh, camera. A lot of heavy iPad. I remember a lot of yellow mm-hmm. iPad photos on our wooden island. A lot of iPad photos. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> remember, like, back in... T- you didn't have, like, an iPhone back in 2010. Like, they weren't the fancy iPhones. Right, right, right. So, and then in 2000 and, like, I don't know. When did I outsource it? Maybe 2015. I started outsourcing my photography. Thank God. Um, and so now for the last couple of years, maybe two, three years, I've been working with Amanda who is amazing. Um, is that the same person that uh, Vince works with too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. She's good. Occasionally, I let him use my people. <laughs> <laughs> um, we joke about that. Yeah, no. Um, she's amazing. She's so talented. And food photography is a really unique niche skill. that not It doesn't cross over from like photographing people, but Amanda can do both. Yeah. She's incredible. Yeah, they're, it, it's not always just, you know, a delightful looking spread of food. Sometimes it's like being thrown in the air. You oh, know, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, 100%. it's creative. And it's all about lighting and all that stuff. Because food has to look real. And... and if you ever seriously need help eating any of the stuff, because you said you have to make <laughs> lots of stuff for these things, 
I'll, I'll help. Okay, good. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind. For sure. I'm sure that I'm probably the eighth person that's offered that today. Like 800. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Today, eight. we'll call it eight. <laughs> um, Literally, friends DM me, like, one, like, they'll do it. They'll see it, like, the next day on my stories. Like, I'll be right there. I'm like, that's long gone. <laughs> um, I do want to talk to you because I'm a writer about your writing process yes so when you write a blog do you like to do it all straight under the computer do you i I write everything on a legal pad like this first before i even try to put it on the computer so in the writing that i do a lot of it is based on search engine optimization so my husband's also an seo expert so Mm. i i know way too much about it but when you write now you have to really write for what google wants to see yeah so there's basically a process 600 words with the uh write kind of headers exactly because uh, shout out to my husband keyword but, search density right. and a site our site this is all my husband but we get about a million monthly pages <sighs> and about 85 percent of those are organic google oh yeah yeah so shout out to rich he's the shit yeah um but i guess we can take some credit because we write the content that gets picked up so <laughs> there's a flow to it so you've got to write you've got to you know google wants us to see a really helpful useful article so step-by-step instructions beautiful imagery new content going out regularly faqs being answered helpful tips tricks like it's you're really writing like a helpful article mm-hmm. um and in terms of like the flow i really just write it within wordpress i don't like write it ahead on a pad first like i just kind of get at it yeah you know i think i'm probably just like a bit of a natural writer i i know food really well so it's easy for me to think i i watched a lot but of even when you're writing books. stuff like i'll write something and i'll go hmm oh you know what this paragraph should probably go up like how much yeah. how much time do you spend editing something in between like when your first pass is done and then when you upload i'm gonna say 30 minutes yeah maybe an hour okay but i'm a pretty quick writer yeah um i i I feel like I just know, I mean, I've been doing it now for, I'm in my 12th year. Yeah. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel each time. You know, if I'm writing about chicken, I'm going to share a lot of the same things. If I'm writing about soup, I'm going to tell you how to freeze it. I'm going to tell you how to store it. You know, if we're writing about smoothies, I'll tell you about the health benefits. And, you know, I I don't know. It's I don't know. I just, I guess 12 years in, you get quick. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um. I don't overthink it either. Good. No one's reading blogs. They're going to the recipe anyways. <laughs> no, truthfully. So, they click skip to recipe. Yeah. I'm not writing about like my family's vacation last week. I'm writing a food blog like that Google will pick up. So Well, if everybody skips to the recipe anyway. Because Google won't skip. To the, Google needs some content. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the content <clears throat> is more or less... Just for SEO's sake. Well, okay, that's that's an exaggeration. But a lot of people that are looking up a recipe, they're not reading the blog. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. clicking, click, jump to recipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Myself included. Sure. I don't ever read the blog. <laughs> no, you don't ever go. Oh, I'm no. What this person's presentation or style is like? No, never. No? Is that the secret among the the food bloggers? Is nobody reads it? Not even us. Well, I don't know. I just, I mean, I, this is more feedback I get from my community. Yeah, is like you know they're not really on my blog. To, if like, first of all, no one knows me. They're googling a slow cooker chicken curry. They just happen to find it. So they're not like well, trying to figure. Got, you've got a significant following though, like social media wise. Oh yeah, has. they but they're gonna like consume me on Instagram stories or I don't know. I don't yeah. know. 
I don't honestly know who, how many people read the blog post, but um, I don't overthink. You know what? It's just this is like the whole thing about like perfectionism. Like I don't overthink mm. the writing part. Yeah. I don't know. Because that's not what it's about, really. Because that's it's just like, like that's I've got a, a blog that I write about writing, but like obviously you have to read right read that. There's no like skip to the bottom to figure out how to do dialogue. That's the yeah. thing. <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know that there's going to be a lot of personal crossover, anything that I can take away. Because that's, I don't know if I've told you this, Kirk. The only reason I have anybody on the show is so that I can personally I know. extract information. Shoot, I'm not giving any value. <laughs> I'm trying to think about other writing. I don't know. Like, I just, I think what happens is that the reason I've been doing this for 12 years is because I don't overanalyze and overthink at all. Yeah. Because if you do that, you're going to get like, you know, stuck, like, like you'll be spending way too much time on things. Mm -hmm. And I really like to spend my time where it really moves the needle. And for me, that's sales. Um, that's my real like background and my like creative genius zone. So writing is something like, you know, it's not something I necessarily want to like, like I know people that will edit a photo for hours and hours and hours. And I'm like, look, that photo was great at the beginning. Yeah. But now you need to play with that for two hours. I just pitched 10 new brands. Right. That's just me. Yeah. No, there's, there's something to be said for that too but i definitely I didn't get give into you any the value though i feel bad well no it if anything what i can take from this personally is just to not not screw around so much <laughs> because i do have like a i don't have a therapist that i see regularly now but i i have a guy that like i can call yeah um and he said that my personality type is perfectionist and also um oh what do you call that when someone just like refuses to do anything procrastinator not even procrastinator but like i'll just oh, like i'll shut down out. on something where like yeah he's like if you don't think that you can put enough time into something to get it done just the way that you want to you just won't do it and from the outset people are like oh he's just lazy but yeah. for me it's just like oh that'll take way too long <laughs> you, know, mm -hmm. you know what i mean but that's because i'll take a writer's approach to something where it's like hmm i better look this over at least eight times yeah. you know yeah it sounds like a lot of procrastination it probably is mostly just procrastination. Yeah. Me being like, all right, I'm going to type up my uh, draft here. Ooh, what did Liz post today? That's procrastination, 100%. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I just listened to a podcast about this. She was talking about how she had to like record some content, and she came up with 20 other things she had to do first. Yeah. And she should have just done the thing. Yeah, my mind will yo-yo between like the task at hand and whatever else. And I think a lot of that is because I grew this business without daycare and my husband wasn't home and I had kids at home. Yeah. And so you got to learn to work in the cracks of literally yeah. I, if I have 10 minutes, that means I got to get this done in 10 minutes. Yeah. And especially when I started hiring a babysitter, even if for three hours, I was like, well, shoot, I'm not leaving this desk till I have three blog posts done. Right. Whereas like, if you don't have those, if you don't have firm start and end times or deadlines, you're screwed. Yeah. So make them up if you don't have them. Well, there's something else that I'm curious I think I was about to ask you this earlier, and maybe I didn't. If I did, tell me. Um, when, when you're just alone, because you said that your personality is the one that's like, I want to be the person in the room that's making sure everyone's having a good time, bringing people together. When you're just trying to get something done, and it's you by yourself, do you have something that you do to kind of like focus your brain in on like yourself and what you need to do meditation or anything like that or do you just kind of have a switch where you can be like it's time to work well i think it helps that i love to work and i love my work because i didn't start the limbo to make money i did it 
because I love to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to do it because it never doesn't feel like work to me. Yeah. So I don't ever look at it like a have to do. It's a get to do. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm in this house right now that I, you know, paid for with the money for my blog and I have this area. This well, not office. even not even that so much, but just the... How do I focus and get to work? You, yeah, like... I have a pretty... Being a person that is very social, like, do you, oh, does it, do oh, you find it hard the... to just be like by yourself doing things like that? Okay. No, because I always have something to look forward to that's social. Yeah. So I make sure... Joan Rivers was this way. Like my calendar needs to be full. Yeah. Cause then it's, I have something to look forward to. And so, but I, but you know, you'd think that I, I don't struggle to be by myself working. No. Because you don't, you don't have like the, the brain that's constantly going, no. you can't turn it off. I'm really good at like not going on Instagram for three hours and getting work done. Yeah. I don't feel like the itch to look. I think if anything, I actually, because I am so social, I have a very big social life. I have a lot of, I have a big family. Like I have a lot going on. I'm in charge of like two different businesses. Like because I have so much going on, I actually love having some quiet alone time. Mm-hmm. And I remember when the pandemic hit and like my husband was home, my kids were home. I really realized, oh my God, I didn't have any alone time. I mean, yeah. we all went through that, right? Yeah. But as an extrovert, I just think I was genuinely surprised that I needed it. Mm-hmm. You know you need it. I yeah. didn't know I needed it. It turns out I do. So I actually... I don't know. And the other thing, too, is that I get so excited to work because I love, for example, right now I'm um, in talks with a lot of brands for this retreat I'm hosting in the fall. And I'm oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just like fired up about it. I'm excited. Like, I know that I have an opportunity that a lot of brands want to be a part of, and I'm excited to let them know about it. And I love, like, the thrill of the chase and, like, mm. closing the deal. Yeah. That motivates me. So. I don't know if that answers your question, but like right now when I go to my desk to work, because right now I'm in a lot of pitching when I'm alone, mm-hmm. I don't ever um, feel like, oh, I wish I was with Sally right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Did that, that answer your question though? It does. Okay. And it, I actually got a good takeaway from that too. You know, just if I, uh, if I have more things in the day planned out rather than just a list of things that kind of need to get done. Oh, okay. I have my day scheduled by the 30 minutes. Wow. It's intense. My sister does the same thing and she'll have it scheduled like that for like three months out. Literally. And so that is for me. Now, for example, Vince is completely different. Yeah. He doesn't want anything on his schedule. So we it's so interesting having a business partner. We we manage our time so differently. I really think the reason for my success is how I manage my time. Yeah. And so another example is I work in time blocks. So I actually just brought on a marketing manager and she's home with a little one who's one years old. And, you know, I've been trying to teach her my, you know, how I manage my time. And I just think, for example, if you have to do three blog posts, you're going to get them done a lot faster if you write them in a row in one sitting, mm. as opposed to 10 minutes on one here, then 30 minutes. And then because every your time brain's you switch already tasks, in that flow state. Yeah. yeah, it takes 20 minutes for your brain to get yeah. reacclimated. Exactly. So, I learned that from growing a business with little kids at home and no daycare that sometimes I only had 20 minutes to get a task done. So if you give yourself two hours or 20 minutes, that's exactly how long it takes you to finish a project. <laughs> no, really. Yeah. If you give yourself two hours or 20 minutes, that's how long it'll take you. Yeah. So I just decided I look at my calendar and I'm going to schedule, I'm going to put a lot more in and guess what? I always get it done. If I didn't do that, Oh, if I don't have anything to do, I'm going to just be on Instagram all day by accident. <laughs> Oops, I was just on Instagram the whole day. <laughs> so by having my day packed, yeah. that never happens. And because of that, I think I produce more and grow. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I think that might be why. Yeah. I didn't do that on purpose. I think it's just 
I'm a freak and that's how it went. Yeah. <laughs> Vince thinks I'm probably crazy. Well, you know, there's a fine line between genius and insanity, Literally. right? <laughs> um, man, I don't know how much more I've got to say to you. And we're almost at the time that I know you got to get going. Um, so I guess any advice to anybody like blogging advice or just general business advice and then uh, send us out with where everybody can find your stuff. Sure. I would say, you know, I talked about this recently at an event I spoke at and I, I feel like this especially, you know, rings true with a perspective, you know, female entrepreneurs or business owners, but really anybody is not to let the fear of other people's opinions stop you. Mm. I think especially when we're putting out creative content, whether that's a recipe we're excited about, a video, mm-hmm. a blog post, an article, a podcast episode, whatever creative medium you're putting out into the world, good old-fashioned art, yeah. <laughs> um, don't worry about the opinions of your peers, especially. Mm. So we always say don't worry about what other people think, but I especially think we stop because we're worried about what our industry will think. Mm. What other podcasters might think, what other influencers might think, what other food bloggers might think. I remember when I was getting ready to outsource my photography, I was so worried that they were going to judge me and think I'm being lazy or whatever else. <laughs> and right, yeah. at the end of the day, everyone's too busy focusing on themselves to pay attention to what you're up to. Yeah. So those are just like excuses of fear we put into our head. And I just, I encourage you to push past that. And if you're passionate about it, put it out there. Yeah. And as long as you're genuinely passionate about it, you're not just doing it because you think people will like it or it'll go viral or you got a lot of downloads. That's never the reason. Yeah. People are smarter than that. Yeah. Most of them. <laughs> like, I know you had me on today because you think this will go viral. Oh, <laughs> I knew this would go viral. You shit me. <laughs> you like, I didn't want to talk to her, but I need some likes. Ugh, she's got more <laughs> followers than I do by like a couple zeros behind them. Jeez. All right. It's good for the show. <laughs> no, I've enjoyed it. Hey, are you going to get a chicken sandwich soon in our kitchen? Uh, Haven't you? You're the one I, that goes and gets them, right? I get, I get them and I post pictures of me with the bags uh-huh. um, buckled <laughs> into the passenger seat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been a minute since I had a sandwich, though. The last couple of times it's been the curry goat. It's hard to pick. And I, I told Vince, I'm going to go through the menu one thing at a time. That's but a the idea. last three times, it's been the curry goat. Oh, so. once you have the curry goat, you don't go back to anything. Because there is nothing better. Yeah. We talked about it on the podcast. And he was like, you know, the curry goat, people said that it was too spicy and it had too no. much bones. And I was like, ooh, that sounds interesting. I'm going to try so that It's so good. Time. I get it extra spicy, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. I should, I should tell him, though, like, I want it Jamaican spicy. Yeah, you Because I feel like... They they see the skin tone and they're like, he can't I think it also it. depends who makes it. Because <laughs> if Vince makes it, it like burns your face off. Oh, okay. It depends on who makes it, I think. Yeah. yeah. I want some burn my face off. Yeah. Just a little bit. Write that in the notes. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> can you please burn my face off, Bert? <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Okay. So you asked me where people can find me. Yeah. You can go to thelemonbowl.com. If you do like to cook at home, I have a free weekly newsletter with all the new recipes we make each week that just goes to your inbox once a week. It's free. That's cool. a good place to start. Otherwise, on Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you name it, at The Lemon Bowl. And if you listen to this, say hi. <laughs> I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. So you heard her. Go look it up, The Lemon Bowl. And then you've got uh, things going on under Irie Lemon. Yep. You've got the Passions to Profit podcast. Yes, Irie.Lemon. We have a great podcast called Passion to Profit. That's Vince we keep talking about, the owner of Irie Kitchen, my business partner. 
we do live events, virtual cooking classes. We did a pop-up recently that was really fun. So we also have a newsletter if you want to stay in touch, especially if you're in Grand Rapids. We do a lot of local live events. So you can head to irielemon.com and subscribe to that newsletter too. Awesome. Do it. Do it. All right. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you so much, Liz Delacroce. Please go to www.thelemonbowl.com. Check out everything she's got going on. Get on all of her socials. Good stuff, people. Check it out or uh, I'm never going to talk to you again. I'm drinking coffee. It doesn't have caffeine in it because I like decaf. Do you like decaf too? Maybe we could go have decaf together and be friends. Decaf. This episode is brought to you by Decaf Coffee.